0: Welcome to another episode of NY Just Fans Podcast with hosts Davin Sharman and Chris. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter, the Just Fans Podcast, and Instagram at NY Just Fans Podcast as we come with another week of uh, football talk. So let's let's get to it. Um, I guess I guess the big I guess the big news for this week is college football could possibly be canceled. Um, this is crazy. Uh, <laughs> What 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 do you think will happen if Chris, what do you think will happen if college football was to be canceled and how and how could it affect the play for the 2021 uh draft class? Yeah, uh
1: that's that's a huge question, I think. Um right now, so far you got the Big Ten and you got uh the Pac-10 are supposedly gonna announce that they're gonna cancel their season. But on the other end, you got the SEC. Said they're all in. I think the ACC as well. So it's going to be strange if if they do play like only two or three major conferences play, and the other two or three don't play, or if they push. Here's the other one that's going to make it even worse. What if they push? Because I also heard this too that they might push their seasons to the spring. So if they push it toward the spring, how is the draft going to work? Are they going to delay the draft all the way till like May or June, so that these guys could play their season? So it's, it's definitely – and also, what happens if they do push it to the spring? Do you think a guy like uh, Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson, who's more or less going to be the number one pick this year, is he going to opt out and not want to play his final season if, if it's right near the draft? I mean, he's pretty much locked in as the number one guy, right? More hey, Chris.
2: Hey, Chris, before you move, um, I just want you to clarify something for me. Um, mm-hmm. Lawrence is is isn't this year his first year of eligibility, to get drafted? Yeah, because he was he wasn't last year because he was too young, right?
1: Right, last year was only his second year.
2: Yeah, so he's he never. A junior he, this year, right? So this year is his first year that he could be drafted.
1: Supposedly, the reason he's wh- coming back. i mean, coming out. I should say. Supposedly. Yeah,
2: supposedly that's what I, the reason why I said that was because is people are acting like it's very like it's uh it's written in stone or set in stone that he's gonna come out i don't know about that i
1: i don't know either you know but i'm assuming that he is just going by that and even uh, another thing too with all this uncertainty if they don't play let's say they don't play then what happens is he gonna say well you know do i come back and now i'm a year older should i just should i just turn pro do i do I keep this, el, this year of eligibility? You know, that's
2: why I brought that up. Yeah. Yep.
1: So I, I don't know. It's, there's a so many questions going on here. Um, I, I, I think it's, you know what, I think if a couple of the conferences have not, you know, have already announced that then, or they're going to announce that they're not going to play. Then the other one should follow suit. I can't see, you know, three of the major conferences playing and the other, and the other one's not, you know, to me, that's, I guess there's going to be no national champion then it's just going to be 10 conference games and that's it. So is it really worth playing a season? You know, obviously the players want to play. Listen, if me or you or Davin, anybody our age, we're in college and we want to play football. There's no doubt we would say we want to play. I don't think anybody will say, nah, I don't feel like playing this year. They want to play because they want to get to the pros you know, especially these guys that are, you know, maybe a late-round pick or maybe he's going to be an, an undrafted pick, an undrafted guy. You know, he wants to go out there and prove himself. You know, he wants to up his, his draft uh, order, you know. So um, it's going to be interesting. So I don't blame the players for saying they want to play. It's really up to the, the conferences and the universities to say, all right, guys, you know what, it's a little too dangerous this year. Maybe we should not do it you know, with the whole COVID thing. So it, it's going to be interesting which way they go, because if I, I, I just, it just, to me, it's, it's going to be very peculiar peculiar, uh, for only two conferences to sit out and the rest to play or vice versa, you know, or is the two going out, is that going to push the other ones to say, all right, you know what, let's just skip this year or let's try to think about playing next year. Cause they got to make a decision anyway, quick, because I think, the first game was going to be in like 18 days from now.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
1: You're talking yep. about less than three weeks that they were going to start the season. So, and I don't even know. Do they have any kind of uh, protocol like the NFL has right now? I uh, never, yeah. yeah. I never no, see it. Not that else. I know
2: of. Not that I know of. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's the, the thing. thing.
1: How are you going there's to? There's no, uh, right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, there's
2: no, there's no assurances right now when it comes to the health care and stuff like that for the kids.
1: And I'm sure the NFL wants an answer quick because then they could say, all right, you know what, we'll push the draft a month up if you guys are going to start playing in March or April. You know, we'll, we'll push up the draft to, to kind of, you know, fit you guys in. But um, so it, it, we should hear something, I would say, within this week. I can't see them waiting until next week, but I'm sure we'll hear something more definitive. You know, it's all like hearsay. It's like reported that so far a Pac-10 – and the Big Ten are going to opt out, you know, from playing. But then you hear guys like Jim Harbaugh, you know, coach of uh, Michigan, is saying, we want to play. We want to do it. We could do it. We could keep these kids safe. Um, what's his name? Nick Saban from Alabama. He yeah. had a big thing, too. He said, listen, we're, the kids will be safer playing than not playing because we could keep them, you know, more in a bubble, you know, more more strict time and and all that kind of stuff with a curfew and all that stuff so it's it's definitely a tough situation you know
2: it is it is a tough situation for many reasons i mean just i mean yes dealing with covid um it's the it's in the forefront of everybody's minds but one of the reasons why this is so polarizing is because it becomes uh like everything else uh right now in our country it basically becomes a political argument, you know. So uh, you have presidents uh, of universities uh, um, making decisions based on political, uh, you know, their political where they lean politically, you know. So so this so this is why this is unfair in my opinion, and shouldn't That's why politics shouldn't have anything to do with this. You know, are you gonna be able to create a situation where the kids could be safe? You know, and and if and they had so much time to do this, this is what's so scary about the whole thing, in my opinion, is that they did not, in advance of all this arguing, come out with uh, uh, you know, some kind of protocol like you said, like the NFL did, you know, stating, hey, listen, this is what we're gonna do, you know, like the NFL has the has Even has I think I was watching an interview with one of the Jets players where he had a GPS system on his wrist that kind of measures where he went in the building or something like that, you know, tracking where you went and who you were in contact with. This is how precise they're trying to be in cornering the disease or the virus. Um, I haven't heard anything like that from college football, yet still they're trying to make this – use decision. I think if you're going to make a decision like that, you should be making it off of the, the science and the numbers, not off of political pressure or or where you stand politically. Absolutely makes absolutely no sense to me. Or, which is to me, the overwhelm one of the overwhelming factors in this money, you know, we, we, we always, right. We always forget that college football makes billions of dollars for people every year and without college football people would lose a lot of money so um are they being pressured to to play just because of money and again makes no sense to me if you want to make the money i i think it would be it, it would behoove you to create a situation that's safe meaning you would have had you would have you'd come to the table with a uh, 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 like you said, like a breakdown of how you would go about keeping them kids safe, and and unfortunately, it has it, it, it unless I'm missing something because almost every article I, I have I have I haven't read anywhere where they have a comprehensive situation explaining health wise what they're gonna do to protect these kids. You know, um, I think um, we, we talk, uh, um, there's things that are in college, um, college uh, football lockers, like MRSA and stuff like that, that they have to deal with. You don't want something like COVID-19 that compromises your body to the level that it does combined with any other disease. The combination of these two would be pretty explosive. So you have to, Create a situation where there's a maximum, there's as much protection—not maximum, because I don't think you really could—but as much protection as possible for these kids, in my opinion. So, so there there is so much to be to be looked at here. But I think it's what's going to drive this decision more than anything else is um, is money and political uh, political influence and uh, that's unfortunate unfortunate in my opinion um not that i don't think that they shouldn't play because i think there's a chance that they could play the bad thing about this is to me they're behind the eight ball because they should have had a plan for this you understand what i'm saying I, so i so so I, I i don't know where this is going man i i hope they do i think these kids need a chance to play um, um i know how it feels like not being able to do anything. So I don't, you know, I, I hope that they could go through that and, and find a way to get that done.
1: I, I think it's crazy too that we're talking about this and the league's gonna start, you know, the, the season's gonna start in about two and a half weeks. You know? It's amazing that they're, that they're still talking about it. you would think by within two and a half weeks they would have, you know, uh, some kind of a decision one way or the other. Um, I think it's amazing. You know and, and I think the big difference too is that the NFL the players have a union in the college, in college football. They the don't have a union. They have nobody. They, <laughs> they can't that's, say, that's all right, a... go fight for me. The only people are going to fight for them is their parents. Right. That is, that is a
2: very important point because they don't get a seat at the table discussing what goes into protecting them and their health. Because this is long, long-term health issues. This is not just the flu. Unfortunately for, unfortunately for um, like I said before, unfortunately for us and our country, there's been these people that don't believe in this, this, this virus and spouting all this ridiculous stuff just based on a political stance. Nothing else. They don't care for the science. They don't care anything else. There's a possibility that you get this disease and you, and you know what it leaves you with? A heart condition. So... Trust and believe that that's long-term issue. You don't want a young kid that you sent to school coming back with a heart condition that could have been, you know, prevented. And you guys did not do what you were supposed to do to to protect the the kid. That makes absolutely no sense to me.
1: I mean, and we're hearing from, you know, obviously some of the players that are saying, yeah, we want to play, but the majority, does the majority want to play? You know, we don't Mm. even know that. I I don't know if the majority doesn't want to play, you know, we're going by a few of the players that are going on, you know, Twitter or whatever and saying, yeah, I want to play. Let's get in. And I'm, I'm sure the majority does want to play, but I'm sure there's a part of them that are like, I don't think this is worth it, you know, and let's wait till next year. But I could also understand these guys, you know what, they want to get into the pros. So this is the way to do it. You know, you got to go out there and prove yourself. And what if these guys are, on their, in their last years of, of eligibility And they have to do it this year So it's It's, it's going to be a tough decision um, Either way they go I'm not saying yes or no for either side But it's going to be a tough des-
0: decision either way uh, Great points um, Let's move on NFL started introducing The point of care testing um, Charmin, if you know any details Can you give us some details And how you feel about that
2: uh, I don't know the details per se. All I know is point of care is, uh, again, I think it's something that's just needed. Um, I, I think I've said it multiple times that everything that needs to be done before the, before the season actually starts needs to be done. Every, every, um, every uh, a situation that could be, um, they could analyze to the point where they anticipate something that could protect the players. Is that needs to be implemented? I think. I think. I applaud them on putting on and doing something like that. I think. I think it kind of takes the. Um, I think it takes away the um, the the mystery of the false, the false positives, and all that stuff. I think it kind of takes that out of the equation a little bit and makes it a little bit more of a, a um, closer to a hundred percent certainty if you are positive or not. So so I think that's, that was something that's necessary because you have to, to track and keep in contact with everyone that does have the disease so that you can keep the ones that don't have the disease away from them. And that's why testing is important. And that's why having the best type of testing, the best tracking is important. So definitely what they're doing with point of care is, is something that they really needed uh, to And anything I, I, I'm for anything else that they could add to make it easier to track the, the virus and be able to keep those that are not sick away from those that are sick.
1: Yeah, I agree. It totally makes sense to have this because the other way, you were wait, they were waiting, I think, two days for a result yeah. on the test. So, they the have been in there for two days, you know, with no symptoms, but carrying the, the virus with them and spreading it around to everybody. So, this is this is huge. I think this is going to help out the, the league so much more. Uh, it should be it should be available to everybody, to be honest. But um, obviously,
0: this is this is going to improve the situation for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know too much about this, but yeah, y'all both said it's it's good for for the NFL to start doing this. So you know, then you know, keep keep doing what they have to do. I think I think in 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 other words, like. Uh, I, I will talk about that another week I will talk about that another week I ain't going to get off topic uh, Let's move <laughs> on to the next topic um, Referees have until Thursday To uh, to opt out uh, Chris, because you see a possibility Of any referees opting out
1: uh, I think a certain
0: amount is going to opt
1: out Because there's, it's really You're going into the unknown And if you have any kind of uh, um, Any kind Re-existent. of
2: existing. Yeah, yeah, many of
1: those. Then you would think, yeah, I'm going I'm probably gonna opt out. And I, I, I think it's, it's unfair to be honest, because you don't know how each week is gonna be. Going to a different game, going to a different city, traveling, how the game uh, scenario is gonna work out. Like it's easy to do it now for the players because they're in their training camp, and some are even setting up the, the bubble hotels, right? But <clears throat> once you go on the road and you start getting into the regular season that's where i think there's going to be more of a challenge obviously to keep everybody you know safe and, and clean or whatever you want to call it so <clears throat> i think the the refs they're going to have to make a decision based on really just guessing you know because they don't know how that situation is going to be on the road any you know they, they don't know how that's going to feel like you know being on the field with all these guys breathing and sweating and you know and bleeding on each other and stuff like that, and you're right in the middle of it. so it's, it's a it's a tough call for the refs, you know, especially the ones with the underlying conditions. but um, I'm sure some will you know it, it may not be a huge number, maybe 10, 15 percent, I would think, just a guess, you know, but hopefully it's not that many because I don't want it to be like when, when there was the lockout, and we see now. Blackout referees came in and they were atrocious.
2: So, <laughs> that was bad.
1: Yeah. Mad. So let's yeah, hope there's not many guys that opt out so we don't have that problem.
2: Yeah. Um, I feel, I kind of agree with you, man. Um, I think, I think, you know, watching what's happening in baseball, I think, I think there's a way to keep everybody safe, man, but there's, it's going to, it's going to take everybody. Basically. Um, we, we, we remember what happened to the Marlins and the Cardinals but since those teams, since that happened to those teams, there haven't been any issues with the with, with with baseball. So so I'm so I think in the long run, like like we've been saying, the more the, the more other sports like the NHL who has been testing people and haven't had a outbreak, um or or, or the MLS. I think the more you see these teams have more success in keeping their players safe, I think that's going to help the NFL be able to. I know the MLS has a bubble, so it's kind of different, but I think baseball and and the NFL is a little bit closer to what it's going to be. I think, I think the NFL will be like, that's why I I always thought that they have the better chance to be successful because they could just watch the NHL and the MLB Go through the growing pains of dealing with this virus and being able to operate their, their, their organizations under those circumstances and actually be better at doing it just by anticipating the issues that uh, that um, that they will go through by watching what the other organizations or the other leagues went through. So,
1: well, the, the so the I so like really compares. I'm sorry. Just the only one that they can really compare it to is MLB. The other ones, uh, are well, MLB, yeah, right, right. Are You're both. right. You're right, but there yeah, so, <laughs>
2: right, because if you remember the at first m l b was a mess, you know the yeah. first couple of weeks, everything was like we, people actually thought that m l b would have to close down, and little by little, they got better at containing it you know so so if so if they could do that, and the n f l studies their system and the way they're doing it, I think the n f l could do the same um and i think and I think largely. Um, the the reps are gonna make these decisions, you know, based on what information the NFL gives them before they report to work. You know, if they feel if they feel secure in what the NFL is presenting to them, for the most part, I think they'll show up. Um, like Chris said, unfortunately, there are gonna be one or two guys that have underlying issues and they don't want to mess with it. You know, and and they probably will opt out or won't show up. Uh, but one or two guys is better than you know 50% of them, so I don't yeah. think it would be a major issue in my opinion.
0: Mm. Uh, I know the MLB is working on doing a, uh, like how the uh, NHL is doing it, like a three state, three uh, three cities type of bubble since they uh, they playoffs has expanded to like 16 teams this season, if I recall. Um right. Maybe the NFL needs to do the same thing when playoffs come around. I you can't do it yep. when the season starts, but maybe maybe think about maybe think about doing that, you know, if you want to keep the game safe, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a good idea. Yep. Yeah, I just read that on 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 MLB uh, <laughs> yesterday, and I was like, yeah, that's 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 very interesting. You know, we since since our playoffs expanded to to what the extra two teams, I think, if I recall, you know, just think this thing about if you want to really keep it safe, find you know find the three places and, and stay, and then find that one that one place that way I want to you know really play the Super Bowl at, you know. So yeah, yeah. hopefully they'll they'll keep up with that. Do you love NFL football fun and booze? Join us at Thirst and Gold Podcast every
1: Saturday night for weekly NFL coverage, whiskey, bourbon, scotch, and beer reviews. We mix expert football analysis with signature drinks, original segments, and lots and lots of laughs. Yes, that's right, football fans. Please join us at Thirst and Gold Podcast by heading over to thirstandgold.busprout.com or search Thirst and Gold on the web. If you're tired of boring podcasts, come join our football party.
0: So we got our own we got our own thing. Um I'm gonna let Sharma and Chris do it this week. Uh kinda a little drain due, due to my child, so excuse me. Um yeah. we got the AF so we got the uh so we're gonna start off with the with the AFC East, uh Chris. Um and y'all wanna do a breakdown on which players could be on the hot seat, correct? Yes. So so go so go right ahead, Chris and Sharma. Y'all y'all go right ahead. Y'all got it. All right. Well,
1: since we're on the AFC East, we'll talk about the Jets. Um, I think this is pretty clear. You know, I think Sam, uh, me and Charman were talking about it this earlier without a doubt, Sam, uh, in his second year under the um, has to show that he's got more understanding and more control of this offense. He has to step up and we, we kind of knew this go, going already, you know, we've, we've heard everything about him. So I think he's one guy for sure. And like I mentioned, Gase, obviously he's not the player, but, the coach he's definitely on the hot seat this year um according to probably 90 percent of the fan base he should have been fired already but uh i think he, should, he should be given a chance with a better roster because last year's roster was garbage and he ended up with seven wins so take that for whichever way you want to but i thought he did a pretty good job um so i think gase is still on the hot seat i think he has to get sam going get the offense going he's got new additions everywhere on the offense so let's see what he could do there and I think the other guy that's kind of on the hot seat is is Le'Veon Bell I mean you know what Le'Veon Bell before he sat out the season and before he signed with us he was basically the best running back in the league or top two or three at the very least right I mean and now when you talk about top running backs he's not a guy you hear mentioned Not in the top five or maybe even top 10. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in last year, yeah, horrible offensive line, horrible offense, I get it. But you know what? 800 yards ain't going to cut it. I'm sorry. You know, we see other teams where, you know, maybe not a great team, but running back still has a good year, you know, and there was rumors that Bell gained weight during the season. He wasn't in great shape, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever excuse you want to use. He had a bad year last year, Let, let's face it. For the money he's getting paid and for what we thought he was or what he is, he, he was not last year. So, and this year he's coming in full bore, as you can see on Twitter. You know, he's in the best shape of his career. He's saying, watch out, I'm going to have a great year. I'm going to have my best season and all that. So, I think he's another guy that we got to talk about as well.
2: Yeah, um, I, 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 I definitely uh, second what you just said, man. Um, Donald definitely – I think it it's it's uh I think it's amplified with the fact that we have these all these new additions across the offensive line and in the offense with Mims the rookie and um former Buccaneer wide receiver um Perryman too. Um these guys will have to take their keys from Donald. Donald's understanding of the offense, if he could basically break it down into simpler form to get them to execute better that would help a lot so he, so he definitely will have to be the driving force between uh if the jets are going to be a subpar or mediocre offense to probably uh, kind of a good to very good offense uh in the NFL this year um and I and I definitely second with the Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell thing but I I will I will say as much as I agree with your criticism of Levion Bell I think the the additions on offensive on on the offensive line, making the offensive line better on paper for now, and his second year in the system and understanding more of what he needs to do, I think, and his usage and what kind where he's put, you know, all these things are going to be important to see what he's going to be uh, um, moving forward. Um, continuing the AFC East, I think I'm uh, the Bills. I think. You can't go, with, go to the Bills if you don't talk about their quarterback. And Josh Allen has to be better. Uh, you wouldn't think so if you watch the top 100 uh, players in the NFL by, by NFL Network. But that's ridiculous. Um, that's just my opinion. Uh, I, watched, I watched enough of Josh Allen to know that Josh Allen has a ways to go as a quarterback. And in a lot of instances held his team back if he could execute more of that offense, especially throwing the ball accurately, that team is built for success now. If he can't do that, they will just be a mediocre team. So I, so in my, so he has to, he's tough, and he could run the ball and all that stuff, but you still need to play quarterback in this league. And, and if he can't... Um, they're going to have serious issues. Um, I think. I think on the bills, the other the other player is their new wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. Um, okay. The marriage between the two of those players are going to be very important. Um, if, if because he because um, um Josh Allen's accuracy, Stephon Diggs bringing in that one of the best wide receivers in the league. If he could uh, acclimate uh, acclimate himself pretty really well with that offense and they could do that. They definitely could cause issues because they were a very good team defes- defensively.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Those were my two guys I was going to say. Uh, defense should be solid. So definitely offensively, like you said, Allen and, and Diggs, uh, definitely. Um, the other team I was uh, thinking about, the Dolphins. I don't know if uh, the player is on a hot seat, but I think all eyes are going to be on Tua this year. Um, I don't know if he's going to start the season, but at some point I think he's going to start. And I think all eyes are going to be on him. You know, he was drafted high, but he's going to, he comes in with the big question mark is, can he stay healthy, you know, injury free in his NFL career, something he did not do in his college career. The guy had three major surgeries in college and he's had three and he hasn't even played it down yet in the NFL. So I, I think, there's not to me one one player the Dolphins because to me the Dolphins still rebuilding, we're still kind of watching his team get put together. Um, you know I don't think anybody had them win in the division or maybe even win in a, a wild card either. So um, I, I I couldn't really think of anybody to be one specific player or the coaching staff I guess. But two is the one guy I think everybody's going to have their eyes on for the whole season. What do you think Have you can you
2: think of any Sharman or no um no. I think you're correct on 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 that um the fact that for some reason people forget how bad the uh, Miami was last year and they projected them projecting them to win a bunch of games this year it makes absolutely no sense to me um there's just gonna be an, a bunch of all new players there and and I think you're right i think for for just for their future um their um their brand new quarterback needs to show up that's it. Uh, you know, yeah. and to if 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 he shows flashes of <laughs> what, right, and be healthy, like you said, yes, uh, certainly. Um, if he shows up, though, you know, and and performs the way I think they is projected to perform by so many pundits, I think his, um, I think that will elevate that team, and then the future would be bright for them. Uh, that they have, you know, like any any other NFL quarterback, it's very necessary that your quarterback shows up. I think I think that's it. I think I think because this team was so bad last year, I don't think there's gonna be multiple guys on this team on this team that are on the hot seat. Yeah. Uh towards the only guy to kind of and it's not even it's really even a hot seat for say it's, it's just, just you know, let's see what you could do.
0: Yeah. Hey, before hold on. sorry about that. Uh I do I do wanna say something about that. Uh you got Fitzpatrick that's playing for a contract. So we know that two is supposed to start, right? And you know Fitzpatrick always come with that bullshit four game, four <laughs> game, uh, great stats. Right. <laughs> so it, it all depends. Um, Fitzpatrick yeah. might play, so it it could be him, but um, but we know it's we really know it's not. But just watch out if he has like that bullshit four to six games, great games, MVP like, and then after that we should huh. see. So yeah. <laughs> I I just
2: yeah, I just saying for for, um for Fitzpatrick, you cannot make any decision on whether this guy plays great or not on the future of your franchise. He's been in the NFL for a very Very long long time. time. You can't you can't keep making the same mistake, you know, because he gives you a four game, like Davin says, four games of um Hall of Fame stat, stat, stat lines and stuff like that. That that's gonna be the one reason why you move your your, your your organization forward or backward that, that, in my opinion, um, whatever he does, it really doesn't matter. I think it, it matters greatly what, what tour does next year, even if he doesn't even start the season, even if he comes in halfway through the season, if yeah. he plays from, you know, there's, there's an example of a player in Denver uh, uh, um, that, that, that the, the Quarterback in Denver. He played eight games, and everybody's night, you know, they're crowning Denver as the next up and coming team just because he had such a great, well, the stats say it's great, but I say he was good enough that he gave everybody, you know, a look into the future and they could be a really good future. So if Tua could do that, I think that's going to raise the future of the um, Miami Dolphins.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's finish up the East with the Pats. Um, yeah, I, I got a couple of names. I think, you know, with the – they have a league high. I think eight guys opting out this year. Um, so I think a lot of pressure is going to be on Belichick just for that reason, but also <clears throat> replacing Tom Brady. Um, and his two big names are Cam Newton, obviously, and, and Stidham. You know, which one is going to start? Which one is going to finish up the season? Which, which one is going to really step up? You know, we heard so much until they signed Newton that they believed in Stidham, that he was the, you know, their future quarterback and everything else. And and then they signed Cam Newton. So I don't think they signed Newton to be the backup. So I think those names are going to be, you know, um, I think those two players are definitely going to be, I, I don't want to say on the hot seat, but at least <laughs> the all eyes are going to be on them, obviously. And another guy I thought of, um, you know, maybe not totally, but. You know, Nikhil Henry didn't have that great of a year last year. He was hurt. Um, but you know what? This is a team that needs weapons on offense, right? That was the one thing the last couple of years with Brady. He didn't have enough weapons, everybody said, and all this kind of stuff. Nikhil Henry's a first-round draft pick. So I think you're expecting more than – I think he had 24 catches last season. So I think you're expecting more from him this year. And I think he's kind of on the hot seat because – First-round draft pick. He's, you know, maybe could take some heat off the quarterbacks as they get going early on. So, to me, he's a guy that I would put on the hot seat as well. Who else do you think, uh, Sean?
2: I, I agree with you. I agree with you with uh, um, Cam. Um, Cam. Cam – to me, Cam is the guy. Um, I wouldn't even say Jared Sinem because Sinem doesn't have any kind of NFL experience. Um, you, people – like. I don't know, sometimes people act like Cam Newton was not one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for most of his career. Um, He is not going to take a backseat to anybody, you know. Um, um, I think if I ever said anything different on this podcast, I was utterly wrong. Um, If you look at the situation, um, this is all Cam Newton's um, offense to run. um, He should be able to. At least make them more dynamic, especially if he's healthy. Um, so, so it's on him. Where I think with his performance, his performance is going to drive what they're going to, um, what this team is going to be um, in twenty in this year. So, um, and you and you're, pro- you're correct about the wide receiver issues. I think Nikhil Harry is one of them, but they traded for the wide receiver from from Atlanta. Um, oh, Sanu, right? Um, yeah, Mohamed yeah, Sanu, so. and he he fell on his face. He yeah, really he didn't perform well. <laughs> I think I think he, to me, in my opinion, is gonna be more of where the light is gonna be shone because you have enough experience in the NFL, you know, to to play a huge part in in a, in a, in that kind of offense, and and for you to play the way he played last year, which pro- which you kind of say probably he didn't have any kind of. Uh, uh, you know, chemistry with Brady or whatever it was that made absolutely no sense the way they performed on offense last year. So I think, I think you're right with the wide receiver part. And I'm not saying that you're wrong with Harry either. I think, I think him and, and Sanu as should be looked at yeah. as, as guys that need to step up for their team. All
1: right. all right, right. We'll, we'll jump, jump. We'll jump yeah. to the West. Um, we'll go with the Broncos first since we brought uh, Drew Locke up. He was one of the guys I thought myself, um, you know, the way he finished last year, they think he's the guy now, um, which is great. But like you said, it was only a handful of games. So now we're going to see him take over the team. He's got plenty of weapons on that offensive side. So there's going to be no excuse on the, uh, at all there. So if they're going to win, it's going to be because of Drew Locke stepping up and taking over this team. Um, another guy I thought um, – that's kind of on the hot seat is Von Miller. Um, He's going to be a free agent after this year. He's 31. Um, He only had eight sacks last year. So that was kind of, that was a down year for him, even though, all right, he's 31, 30 years old, but you know what, if he has a big year this year, he's going to cash in. Somebody's going to pay him a lot of money for three, four seasons, you know? So I think there's some pressure on him going into this year to, to kind of back up, you know, after what he did last season. Um, so those are the two main guys I thought of.
2: I, um, I disagree with the Von Miller pick. The reason why I do is because I think I posted, or we posted, because on, on our Twitter page, uh, an article by our friend, uh, Michael Narnia, kind of um, explaining why sacks are just a very small percentage of how we should even evaluate edge rushes and defensive linemen because if as a defensive lineman you're having almost 600 snaps per season right and you only and the best pass rusher last year sacks wise was the kid from the bucks right that had 20 sacks right so you so you had almost you had 600 and something snaps for the season, and you only had 20 sacks, what's 20 of 600 and something? That's a very small percentage. What, right. what about the rest of the, the snaps you had? You know, you know so, so um, that, that article kind of explains, you know, of the evaluation of offensive line, where pressures and, and quarterback hits and, and, and run stuffs close? and stuff like that. Right. And, and I don't have the numbers on hand right now, so I can't say. But he, but the reason why I, say, I always say, you know, sacks is not, you know, you know, sacks is not all, is always, is not all, you know, the end all be all. Um, because, yeah. And, it, you know, he did have an a, a underwhelming, underwhelming season, you know, when you compare it to all the other seasons. But he also, you are talking about a guy that had like, has had Hall of Fame stats for almost every season he's been in the league. So if, he, if his wise. numbers, right, if his numbers fail a little bit, you know, you'll be like, hey, something's wrong, you know. But I don't, I think he's fine. I think, in my opinion, he's going to be fine. I think, I think the Broncos, I think I agree with your Drew Lock pick most definitely. But I also, but to my issue is with the offensive line for the Broncos because they were loaded offensively talent-wise and they have a kid in the back and in, in, in Lock. That needs the protection and unfortunately they especially in pass protection a lot of those guys on that line performed subpar especially their tackles so if these guys could step up and play better football I think that will definitely uh you know make a lot of people sound like prophets because it seems like everybody that's everybody's um 2020 darling or um Cinderella is uh as the Broncos so to me, it's the, talk, the tackles on the Broncos and, uh, and, and Locke and Drew Locke.
1: Okay. Uh, I'll go to the Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs. Uh, I, I couldn't really think of anything. The only thing n- – not that the hot seat's on these guys at all, but I think the <laughs> pressure is on the coaching staff to kind of keep this team, if you want to say motivated, to come back and win it again, to – you know, not get caught up in the, you know, all the hype that they're the Super Bowl uh, favorites again. Um, you know, and you got two guys that signed pretty big contracts and Mahomes and Chris Jones. So I'm not putting anything on, on Mahomes. He's still the best. He's still, you know, everything. So I just think the coaching staff's got a little bit more pressure this year, you know, because they do have that Super Bowl champion now on their back, you know, just like Every year when the team wins a championship, the next year, now it's about, okay, what are you, now, now what are you going to do? Are you going to come back and win it again? Or are you going to, you know, maybe take a step back? So I think that, to me, is a, a big thing to watch.
2: I, I think, uh, when, 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 who was the last team to, to win back-to-back Super Bowls? Was uh, it, was it the, Pat- was the Patriots? Probably. How, the many, Patriots. how many years ago was that? That was, that was a long time ago, too. Yeah. If they did do it, it was a long time ago. And and this is this is something very difficult to do. But I will I will say that probably um the NFL players um voting Patrick Mahomes as the fourth best NFL player is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> gonna motivate that whole team. Yes. Because that's ridiculous. Um, but like you said, there's not too much there. Um Yes, there's going to be pressure on the offense, on the, on the, on the staff. Um, but but I, think, I think if you would put any pressure on anybody, I think you would say uh, that defense, if they keep growing at the level they, they – because they really showed out uh, defense, um, in the playoffs, if they could uh, keep growing at that level and keeping, keeping in, in pace with that, with that offense, yes, they have a really good chance of repeating.
1: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. There's not, there's not much to talk
2: about there with the Chiefs. Yeah, no, no. Um, um But with the with the Raiders, there is. Uh, yeah,
1: Raiders <laughs> definitely. Number one, I thought, and I'm sure you're going to agree is, is uh, the quarterback. Uh, there Mr. Yeah, he's definitely got to, <laughs> he's definitely got to step it up this year. He's already talking a little bit already. You could see he's feeling the pressure. <laughs> you know, they brought in Mariota to kind of, I think, kind of, you know, kind of push them a little bit to kind of say, all right, it's now it's your time to do this. If you don't do it now, we got somebody waiting for you, you know, waiting in the wings. If you, if you mess up. So it's kind of a push or, you know, see, poop will get off the pot as they say ah, uh, there you go for the, for the Raiders, <laughs> for Mr. Carr. So it'd be interesting to see what, what happens with him this year.
2: I think, I think that, I think with the Raiders, it's their coach and their their quarterback, in my opinion. Um, well, says um,
1: he's signed, isn't he? To a, yeah, the,
2: in my opinion, signed or not, signed or not, he he's get he's actually getting the team that he wants. Right. He's had two seasons of infusing um, um high end, uh, um rookies, um high end TM um, picks into his program. Um, he's had he's had two. He's what? That's his second season with Car. Two. Oh, that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So now, so in my opinion, um, you know, if you look at um, cars um, um, stats, they're not that bad. But that's why stats without context, you know, makes no sense. Because if you look at the stats on their own, it's kind of ridiculous. But then I think, uh, I can't remember what show I was watching, and then they kind of put um, Carr's numbers up with uh, Mariota's numbers, and they were like exactly the same, almost to the T. And it's, ridic- it's crazy how close their stats are. Uh, so so that just goes to show you that, you know, he's been kind of on the, on the, uh, being underwhelming lately, and he needs to step it up. There's a lot of things about his game that's not, um, you know, that's not up to par. You're talking about some of the better quarterbacks in the league. He's not there with them. So he will – he is definitely – he needs to step up to take that team to wherever they're going to go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, next up would be the Chargers. Chargers? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I guess Tyrod Taylor. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess so, too. I don't know either. To me, the coaching staff is, is a little bit on the hot, hot seat, too, because they didn't have a winning season last year. So, yeah, they could blame Phillip Rivers having a bad year. But they are – I mean, talent-wise, they got a pretty good, talent, talented roster. I mean, up and down, they're they're pretty deep. They got, I, I think, one of the better rosters in the league. They to me, they just don't have a legit starting quarterback. I mean, to me, Taylor is a he's a he's a journeyman backup quarterback. I don't think he's gonna even finish the season, you know.
2: So my, my my question with the with them is that where what what's what's with the offensive line, right? You know, um, that's why Philip Rivers is not no longer there. In my opinion, that's why it's Philip Rivers was not the better, court, best quarterback that he could have been. I mean, there was a lot of shanks, you know, some of those balls that we saw being thrown. But, you know, if you have interior and, and, and interior guard play or, or center play or tackle play that is subpar, like they were last year for the Chargers, you're going to have quarterbacks that take chances, you know, trying to throw the ball when they, you know, be ahead of time because they don't want to get smashed. You know, because they get smashed too much. Um, in my, you know, so that so the offensive line is a big question mark. I think I think whatever that that that's the issue. So that to me, whatever they did on defense, which they they definitely kept loading up and uh, paying uh, their their pass rusher, um, all that money they paid him. Um, fine, I'm fine with that. I'm just saying, you know. What, what's what, what the other side of side, side you know the other side of the line needed addressing too, and I don't think they did it adequately, in my opinion. So, um, so that to me, the front office definitely there's a glaring light on them,
0: yeah.
2: In the way they they dealt with this off season, this is um, to me unacceptable. Um, not that there was too much they could do, and unfortunately, because they brought in the quarterback they wanted, and and all that. So, let's see what happens there.
1: Yeah, the only. The only- I was thinking of the, the free agent to bees in uh, Keenan Allen and Melvin. Ingram. You know, so those yeah. guys, you know, you would think Ingram's not going to get signed since they put all that money into Boza, you know, so I don't think they'll re-sign Ingram. Keenan Allen, you know, he's going to, he'll be probably the top receiver going into free agency. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's going to want to have a big year and he doesn't exactly have a big time quarterback that's thrown to him. So I don't know if it's on the hot seat, but, you know, he's going to want to have a big year. So I think that uh, Uh, finishes up the uh, West. All right, let's move on to the AFC North, where we'll start with the Ravens. Um, I know it's crazy to say this, but I think Lamar Jackson's on the hot seat now. (laughs) Right? He entered the playoffs again, and he walked out without no playoff victory. So he's starting to get that monkey on his back like um, like Kirk Cousins had up until last year without winning a playoff game so as great as he was last year you know MVP season and all that but you know what he lost in the playoffs so that's going to probably stick with him until he wins one and you know what every year he doesn't win one it gets bigger and bigger that monkey on his back so um, I think he's kind of on the hot seat and another guy I thought of too was uh, Marquise Brown he didn't have a great season last year. Another one with the high draft pick. And uh, he had, I think during the offseason, he put on a good 10, 20 pounds, they said. So he's coming in, you know, looking to prove something wrong or prove something right, I should say. So he's just another he, name I thought of. But
2: he needs, he needed, he needs that extra weight, man. He, he yeah, looks like a. Uh, yeah, he's pretty small out there. Um, I think I think the fact that the Ravens wide receivers are underachieving—that's that's partly on the system that the Ravens run, um, but that it's not all on them. Um, I think the more the better Lamar gets at executing the passing game part of that that offense, I think you will see the wide receivers be a little bit more prominent. Um, I agree with you on the Lamar Jackson thing. I think when you get to the the levels that he's getting to. Um, I think you get criticized on on winning or or losing playoff games, and he has to win one. At the end of the day, that's 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 that. But um, I'm looking at their offensive line, man. They did they really depend on their offensive line, and they lost a Stillwater and in, and uh, in Marshall Yonder to retirement. Yeah. Whoever is going to be replacing them, and I think they have like three or four guys. Who, um, I I had the name somewhere around here. I can't figure it out, but. I think uh, uh, Powers was one of them. I can I remember off the top of my head, but whoever is replacing Nyander on on that line, they need to they need to secure that position, man, so that they could adequately they could um, run that offense to you know to the best of their ability. Because if they don't, then that offense will fall apart, man. The the protection and the scheming and protection is important, Uh, but without the protection, scheme would fall out. The window So Right Definitely um, Whoever's uh, Replacing Masha Is going to be Really important In that, in that team
1: Definitely uh, We'll jump to the Bengals To me I think the Bengals Are kind of In the same situation That we talked about With the Dolphins Yeah you know, They're rebuilding um, You know what Yeah we could say Joe Burrow Obviously Is going to be On the hot seat But it's his first season So he's obviously Going to take his lumps You know He's going to have his, his tough games His good games Everything else Uh, So to me, a lot of pressure is probably more on the coaching staff than anybody else to get him prepared, especially with the limited practice that they've had. Um, So I think Burrow, the the coaching staff, a couple of guys that need to have big years, you know, going back to their their free agency season. Obviously, A.J. Green, he signed the uh, the franchise tag. So he'd like to have a nice, healthy, good season. And he would also take a, a lot of Uh, pressure off of burrow if he's healthy and another guy too joe mixon he's another one same kind of thing with with aj green good player he's entering his free agency year but you know he's been kind of hit by the injury bug too so he's another one if he has a big year he could cash in so but other than that you know i don't know anybody else
2: yeah i mean it's hard to pick uh hot seat players for teams that not really in the run for, running for anything, and I think you. I agree with you when you said that uh, Cincinnati and 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 the Dolphins are kind of in the same situation. I think I think for for if you're talking about for the future of the franchise, I think Joe Burrow's um, acclamation to this offense or to the NFL is going to be massively important um, for wherever they're going to be going from here. So definitely, his name is on that. And the and the new coach. Yes. You know, I, I think I think that's I think that, that that's part of it too, man. I mean, he's gonna be tasked to to elevating that kid to the status of uh the ridiculously high expectations that people have on him, you know. So um so definitely uh Burrow is is gonna be um watched and you know, he's gonna definitely be, you know, tailoring whatever future that that franchise is going to have and also the coaches i i think it goes without saying but yeah i think when it comes to teams that are not in the running for anything that's the best we could come up with
1: <laughs> yeah um next team i would say to, we'll go to the browns uh, i think it starts and stops really with uh with baker mayfield um i think he's got one of the hottest seats of of all in the whole league <laughs> not just on his team uh, this team, you know what last year tons of talent they had a lot of uh, you know a lot of a lot of experts picking them, maybe even going to the Super Bowl and they kind of fell in their fell in their, their face last year um, so uh, it 'll be interesting with Baker even more pressure this year on him now because now it 's like a do or die I mean if he doesn 't have a big year this year, I mean is a team going to sign him as a free agent to be their starter i, I don 't know I don't i don 't think, I don't
2: think- I don't think he's going anywhere either if he, if he doesn't play well on that. Right. You know, they, they, when you, when you draft a a quarterback, like that, you don't just give up on him like that. So I, I don't think he's going anywhere right now, but he's definitely going to have, you know, there's going to be huge consequences if he does not perform to, the, to up to the ability that they think, you know, that he's supposed to, especially that the fact that he was picked first in the NFL draft. So, you know, goes without saying that the pressure is ridiculous because the team is loaded. I mean, last year we were talking about how loaded that team was uh, with, the t- with talent and they played so, you know, they were so mediocre all season. Now, I think the one place on that team that, that we thought they had issues was offensive line. But when you're talking about drafting Jedrick Wills, and trading for or signing uh, uh, Conklin from who was with the Titans before, you, know, you don't have no issues with your tackles, and you don't have no issues across the line. I think the line should be solid, in my opinion. You know? so, should be. So this is what I'm saying. There's, there's no reason for them not to perform at a really high level next year. And you know and, what?
1: You a new head coach, so there's no more excuses. Of-
2: right i think I think that's I think that's what I think that's I think that's the other guy that's on the I'm not saying he's on the hot system because that's his first year, but he basically <laughs> is tasked with taking this ultra talented team to a place where they're not mediocre to you know a little to perform to the level that they should perform at and and so so like i think I think you were right when you said in the beginning that this begins and ends with Baker mayfield
1: yeah I mean. Uh, to be honest, there's not many rosters that are more talented than this, than than the Browns right now. I mean, I got tons of talent. And another guy I thought of too. <clears throat> uh, you might not agree, but I thought uh, Odell Beckham. You know, huh. it, a big good. trade for him. Yeah. You know, he kind of didn't have that good of a year last year. You know, you want to see big time numbers from this guy, and there's no reason not to have big time numbers. So I, I thought he was going to be. And we kind of heard his name a little bit on the trading market, a little bit, you know, more rumors than anything else. But I thought he was another one.
2: Yeah, no, you, 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 you. I mean, <laughs> you're more than right. I think, I think, I think he's. He has been or was one of the most most feared wide receivers in the NFL. Unfortunately, since he's arrived in Cleveland, he hasn't been that. So um, so it, 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 he definitely needs to take his, take his game back up to that level. Um, so that, that definitely – but I think – but the reason, reason why I didn't mention him was because I think the only way he performs to that level is, is if Baker ba- Mayfield right. brings <laughs> right. his game up.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> so it all goes back to Baker.
2: Yeah, you go. <laughs>
1: it's all on him. Uh, yeah. All right, we'll finish up the North with Pittsburgh. I think to me, since – to me, the defense is one of the best defenses in the league. No oh, doubt. yeah, definitely. But Pittsburgh. So if that offense could pick up any kind of slack, then what they – I mean, they were just atrocious last year without uh, Big Ben. So I think with Ben returning, I think the pressure is all on him because if he doesn't – you know, if he doesn't come back and perform like he normally does, then, you know what, they're going to be back to an 8-8, 9-7 team. You know, maybe make the playoffs, maybe not. Um, but without him performing at a at a top level, this team is is just an all defensive team. So to me, it's up to him. And another name I thought of was was Juju. Um, yeah. You know what? He's the number one receiver now. And last year, all right, we'll take the excuse that you know he had. Uh, the duck guy there throwing to him Hodges and the other guy, <laughs> the you know, guy. So the quarterbacks were not good last year. So, okay, we'll throw that out. Now you got, you know, your future hall of fame co- quarterback coming back, uh, playing for you. And supposedly he's in great shape. He's ready to go. So I think to me, it's all on big Ben this year, mostly.
2: Uh, I kind of agree with you, but I think, I think it's a little bit more uh, nuanced than that. I think, I, in my opinion, Big Ben is going to be Big Ben. The way he plays football is kind of like well, how you would play football in a backyard. So yeah. uh, so I think he's always going to be himself. I think he just needs to be healthy. Um, but Juju needs to perform. And I think with uh, the drafting of uh, – uh, what's the kid's name? The, the wide receiver they drafted out of. Oh, uh,
1: from Notre Dame.
2: Yeah, the Notre Dame uh, kid can't think of his name right now, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But um, I think that puts Juju back in the slot at where he used to be and where he performed his at his best. And he needs to bring his game back up to that level uh, to kind of uh, um, elevate that offense to the level of where the defense is playing. Um, because I think uh, the quarterback is going to be the quarterback. He's going to do what he does. Um, Juju needs to show up. And they lost – Ramon Foster to retirement and one of the better pass blockers on their offensive line. And they got Steven Wisniewski to come in in his to play um, to slot him where Foster was Uh that line is a very good pass blocking line. And if Wisniewski who has been very good pass, a very good pass blocker in the past, if he could uh, just slot himself right in there and kind of, be what Foster was last year. I mean, Foster did he kind of struggles last struggled last year. So I'd say if he could play better than what Foster did last year, um, I would say then it would it would it would just be like re, replacing a piece, and they could just move on. There's a there's a couple of other guys on that line that kind of underperformed, but I don't think it's a big deal. I think they could come back to what they normally do, especially with a better quarterback, a quarterback that knows how to get the ball out yeah, of Yeah, I think that's going to be the one that's – And stuff like
1: that. He's the one that's going to definitely determine this, this – uh, this, this whole year. Yeah, you're right. Yep. So, uh, Ch- Chase Claypool was the guy's name. Yeah, <laughs> Chase I forgot it too. I had to look it up. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're going to finish it out with the NFC uh, – AFC South, excuse me. Uh, right. We're gonna start with the Texans. And um, – <laughs> Since they traded away uh, DeAndre Hopkins and they got back David Johnson. um, And that was Mr. O'Brien who did it, the GM O'Brien. So now I think (laughs) the coach O'Brien is on the hot seat, you know, because he's got to prove that that was a good move. Um, And David Johnson, obviously, he's got to stay healthy. To me, that's the big thing with him. Uh, When he's healthy, he's one of the best running backs in the league, but he hasn't been healthy. So – and the other set, I, "I think the the receivers. Someone's got to step up now for Hopkins. Yeah, obviously you're not going to replace Hopkins' numbers, but yeah. you know, with only one guy. But a guy like Fuller's got to stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, yeah, he's a pretty good wide receiver. But right. another one hasn't been able to stay healthy.
2: So yeah, and yeah, I totally agree with you on your on your your mode of thinking here. Um, if David, uh, because uh, uh, whoever they um, who they had last year? Hyde, I think it was Carlos Hyde that had over a thousand yards. Um, rushing for yep. them last year. Yep. Um, if Johnson could come in and give them 1,200 yards, you know, um, that would help a lot. Um, also, like you said, I think they they got Randall Cobb. um yes. uh, Cobb, From really? the yeah, and Cobb Cobb and everybody in that in that um wide receiver room need to need to elevate their game to replace um, um, Hopkins. So, so. In my opinion, it's, it's Randall Cobb needs to do, you know, to play – to bring that play up to a, to a level where they could be the offense that they were or better. And like, you, like I said, David Johnson definitely needs to step in, in there and give them a dynamic threat um, that would help that offense a little bit more, um, in my opinion. Definitely, that I, I agree with that. All
1: right. Uh, we'll jump to Colts. To me, the Colts, it's going to come down to Phillip Rivers for me. Um, I mean, they signed him one year deal, you know, basically do or don't for him. He's got to come in. He's got to prove that last year. He had a rough year last year with with the Chargers. He's got to prove that that was just a bump in the road. That wasn't the start or the beginning of the end of his career. Um, He has to, you know, bounce back this year in, in a big way. I mean, this is a team that, if they got better quarterback play, this is a team that you could say is a Super Bowl contender. Yep. Um, so I think Rivers, to me, is, is definitely up there. Um, and going back to a free agent, to be another, another receiver, T.Y. Hilton, so he's going to want to put up big numbers. Uh, but I think, to me, it starts and, and ends with uh, Phillip Rivers.
2: Yeah, he, he will be playing behind, probably the best offensive line that he's ever played, played behind. And that, that, to me, that absorbs, I mean, not completely, but it definitely helps, um, will definitely, um, should elevate his game to a level of probably one of the best seasons that we've seen him do before, because he's we know that what Phillip Rivers is capable of. Yeah. And he hasn't had that kind of protection before. so And we're anticipating that he will have a pretty good season. So couple that with the fact that that, um, that, that, the Colts defense is a very good defense.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think, I think that's going to be helped with the fact that they traded for, um, for with a number uh, one, one of the f- number number one picks they traded for the um, 49ers um, defensive end. Um, that's going to give them a huge lift because they really haven't had that ultra pass rushing uh, edge that, that um, they've been missing that, and I think that's going to kind of elevate that team a little bit. Um, so, so, so it goes, in my opinion, go, it just goes all on Philip Rivers.
1: <laughs> right. DeForest Buckner was the guy, right? Yes. DeForest tra- Buckner, yes. I'm, I'm losing yeah. track on names too, so I'm ready. Yeah. That. Um, <laughs> uh, next team will go with the Jags. Jags is another team that's kind of rebuilding, you know, from the ground up. Um, but they are putting all their chips in with um, Mr. Michu. So we'll see how he does. Um, he's the guy I'm thinking of uh, right off the bat. Uh, other than that, you know, I'm just thinking about the free agents, uh, Fournette and, uh, and Yannick Ngakwe. only reason why I'm thinking about them is, is that they're both going into free agency, and um, to me, they could be traded early on if they, if they do prove that they're having a good year. A team might say, "Hey, you know what? We could use a running back like Fournette, or we could use a, a rusher like uh, like Yannick." So, um, that's really the only guys I thought of for Jacksonville.
2: I think Jacksonville slots in behind Miami and Cincinnati. In my opinion, the AFC yes. that that have that they're probably not going to be playing for anything, and they're in the process of they're early in the process of rebuilding their teams. So, there's not really anything here to say hot seat or not, you know. But I agree with you when you say players that, that, that m- might want to elevate their play if they want another contract or they want to be, you know, they want to continue playing with good teams in the NFL. So um, with, with the players you mentioned, with uh, Ngakwe and, and Leonard Fournette. Uh, but but they have a long way to go, man, in rebuilding that
1: team. Yeah, exactly. I, I You know, if we go back to like, say... Uh, we call it? Cincinnati for a second with the players that are going for, to be a free agency, mix in an AJ green. I'm thinking too, with those guys, if they come out and start playing well early on and a team is looking for one of those guys, a running back or receiver, you know what, those guys are going to be trade candidates. You know, I'm sure the Bengals aren't going to resign. Definitely not AJ green. Maybe they'll re-sign Nixon, but um, yeah, you know, so those guys could be trade candidates. Along yeah, you're right. Um, all right, we're going to finish this out with the, the Titans. Um, a couple of names because to me, they, uh, they signed free agency contracts this year. Uh, Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry, um, their offense is going to go with those guys or not go with those guys. And Henry, uh, he was shut down right in the playoffs in that last game against, uh, Kansas City. Um, a little bit, not greatly, but. Nah,
2: no. <laughs> yeah, he still, he still had numbers, but. A yeah. little bit. He,
1: I think he had right. like 69 yards rushing compared right. to what he was the last like three weeks before that. He was, you know, he got back down to earth a little bit. So, yes. Um, but just, you know, basically their offense is going to be, is going to run through him and, and Tannehill. And can Tannehill continue that hot streak that he had at the end of last year? Or is he going to be, you know, kind of average? So that team yeah. is be interesting with those two
2: guys. I think there's more more people on, in my opinion, that uh, that that you need to look out for in this and in on that team because I think if they're gonna um, bring back that magic, whatever you know that that led them to that run they went on. I think you need Derrick Henry to be Derrick Henry, and you need Tannehill Hill to do whatever it he did to make him um, the proper. Quarterback for the kind of system they were running, I think I think that's necessary also. But um, but they they let Jerrell Casey get away, and he was probably one of their best defensive linemen. And they brought in Vic Bisley from uh, from the Falcons. And if if Vic Bisley uh, shows up and could bring that pass rush, it would definitely help that 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 defense. Definitely. Um, that's definitely a part of it. Um, I think Beasley, and I think uh, I think they're probably going to start a rookie at right tackle where Conklin was. Uh, I think uh, his name is uh, Isaiah Wilson, uh, who played in Georgia. He's a pretty talented kid. Uh, I don't know if he is up to it, but if, they need, if they're if they going to go anywhere, um, if they're going to have that same kind of magic, he needs to step up. So th- those are some of the names I could think of that really needed to play up to Paul to let that team to have the team return to the playoffs like they did last
1: year all right so that's our players and coaches on the hot seat in the afc and next week we'll do the nfc
0: please follow us on twitter just fans podcast um as we do it every week for y'all until next week we take a flight. take flight take flight